I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. Celtic State of Mind, it is Friday, it is a very exciting day, a lot has happened over these last 24 hours especially, lots more to talk about than we were thinking there would be last night when I was messaging Tony about the running order for today, that's for sure, and um, we'll come to Tony Haggerty first, how are you Tony? I'm very well, Laura, yourself? Not too bad, uh, very excited about what we've got to talk about today and things are looking a lot more positive than they have been in recent weeks and we are joined as always uh, Jim has not done a Benjamin Button, I'm afraid. Um, it's, uh, he has unfortunately been unable to join us today and we are joined by Colin Watt. How are you doing, Colin? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, if anyone wants to mistake me for Jim, I'm okay with that because he's a, a fountain of knowledge. So it's an honour to be on with you guys today. 
watch that chair because seemingly you jump around in it or maybe that's <laughs> 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 gets you excitable does it gets you excitable um, <laughs> plenty to talk about today we've got uh, two new signings to discuss Leal Abada and uh, Kyogo Furushima I'm hoping I'm pronouncing those correctly, but I'm sure they will be names that will trip off the tongue in, in the weeks and months to come. Um, but before we do that, we've got our Friday guest, the cell. Now, when I came up with this name, I thought Jim was going to be joining us, Colin. I don't know how much you'll remember about our guest, the cell, but we'll go with it anyway. I'm wearing the strip that he donned for the O2 short a time that he was at Celtic, and it is, of course, the Portuguese. Hmm? Oh, Celtic Laura, that, that is anticipation. Sort, um, signed for us at a time where, although we had a few uh, foreigners in the team, the idea of a Portuguese striker banging in the goals was still something very exotic in the Scottish game. Um, what are your memories of, of obviously, the, the controversial lead-up to Cadet signing and, and, and the short time he was at the club? I think that's for you, Tony, yeah. For me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? Someone put a tweet up last night and said that Cadet was a better finisher than Larson. Now that's highly controversial, but I think it's, you know, it's it, you, you, it's kind of newspaper between the two. Cause Cadet was mm. sensational. His figures were sensational, and his goals were sensational. And it is a pity that that team had that team won the league. I reckon they would have uh, they would have stayed together. For a crack mm. in the Champions League, they were in, they were born entertainers. No, the Canio Van Hoydonk cadet, and also Andy Tom. You know Andy Tom, who's kind of forgotten in that team what the role that he played, but he was a, a terrific player too. But George Cadet was fantastic. You know, I, I couldn't believe when Celtic signed George Cadet. And then I couldn't believe what was taking so long for him to actually play a game for the club. And then we all know what happened with that. And then, obviously, further on, the, the goal at Ibrooks, which was mysteriously ruled out, you know, mm. or, which should have counted, you know. And you just, you know, I think that that team swashbuckled their way through that season. Tommy Burns' team. And you ask a lot of Celtic supporters, you know, you Celtic teams that finish second to Rangers, they're never fondly remembered, ever. Mm. That one is. That mm. one stand innovation in the very last game against Wraith Rovers. And uh, it was incredible. They'd won nothing. But what they did win was the hearts and minds of the Celtic supporters. And it, it mm. was an indication that Celtic were on their way back and they were going to compete with Rangers uh, no moving forward. And I think that's what the supporters appreciated because there was a lot of bad times in the 90s. But that particular season when they lost one game to Rangers, albeit and lost the league by four points. A lot of draws that season, but the football they played was incredible. And, and I know you love Josh Cadet, but you know I had a lot of man love for Josh Cadet. I just, <laughs> I just thought he was a genius at work. You know, he really was a, a wonderful and top-notch and top-class striker, and I couldn't believe that Celtic had signed him. And there's that great story where the Radio 5 live mics went down because the noise that greeted the goal, his debut goal against Aberdeen, and the dink, and just the impudent way that it was just, I'm good, here's how good I am, dink, cop your whack mm. for that. 
it was just that those microphones went down, you know, Radio 5 Live went down. And, you know, just stuff like that, just add to the... And he scored some cracking goals. I remember a header he scored against Aberdeen. The Pitodri, you know, cross was ripped in by Tosh and near post header. And it was like a flash, you know. Mm. I thought I wouldn't see anything like him. And then Henrik came along, you know. So, and most people are biased towards Henrik because you get 242 goals in 315 games. I know that because mm. I them all, but Cadets, Cadets year and goals record is comparable in terms of ratio. You know, and he just, that team, you know, I'm in terms this team, attack, attack, attack. They just made you smile. They made you mm. proud of your Celtic supporter. And it's testament that a lot of people think that it's some of the best football seen since the Lisbon Lions. That's quite a compliment for a team that won nothing. And Cadet spearheaded mm. that along with Van Hoydonk and, and Di Canio, you know. So uh, a lot of affection for George Cadet, and I can understand why. And it's just a shame the way it all ended with the three amigos and the contractual disputes with the, mm. the Canadian owner, Fergus McCann at the time, who who told them that once they'd signed the contract, that was it. There was no going back on these kind of deals. But I, I think most Celtic supporters remember that side. It's just one arguably the best Celtic team not to win the league. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, f- from my perspective, they were certainly, uh, I've said it before, that Tommy Burns team was, uh, I was probably about seven or eight years old when they kind of were, were at their peak and, and they were certainly the first Celtic team that I fell in love with. They were, as you say, that the phrase swashbuckling is overused in football, but they were nothing if not that. And uh, and, and my brother uh, often says that uh, for all the success we had under Martin and Neil and in the years since with the quadruple treble and all that, he was a teenager when, when Tommy Burns' team was, was at its peak and was a season ticket holder and says that was without doubt his favourite time to be a Celtic supporter. You know, he enjoyed the matches a lot more then than he has in the years since and, and it's understandable why. Colin, from your perspective as somebody who, who, who won't necessarily remember that team, it's interesting, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective, you know, where players like George Cadet and the Three Amigos sit in the history of Celtic for somebody who, who's learned about them afterwards? It is, um, as Tony put it, it's quite sad that it was that era that you've seen guys like Cadetti and Van Hoydonk sign for Celtic because imagine having someone like that in the season where you stop 10. Imagine them mm-hmm. being part of that annals of history. Um, it is really unfortunate at that time. What is quite interesting though, is when you think back to that era and you're signing guys like George Cadetti, like Pierre Van Hoydonk, how much football has changed from there to now and the kind of mm. players that we're signing now. So obviously we'll speak about Kyogo joining. But imagine being able to sign someone who was like a Portuguese striker in and around the first team squad of the national side. Pierre Van Hoydonk, a Dutch striker, well established. Even De Canio as well. Imagine having that pulling power to sign someone like that now. It does show you, even though you think, oh, it was only the other day, it was only the other year, how much football's changed in that time. And if we could even get to that stage where you're signing players like that now, that would be Mm. fantastic. Where would we be in the European stage? But back then, it was just really great scouting that brought guys like that to the club. Um, And it's, it's great to look back on it, but it's sad when you compare it to where we are just now. David Lee was part of that scouting network and Andy Ritchie, I believe, 
Uh, mm. the guys that identified these kind of players and somehow they managed to bring them to the club. So hat tip and big up to them because I think swashbuckling is the precursor to the rip-roaring, free-scoring, never boring, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, mm. And I think they defined it as well. So uh, had, had, I, had I known that phrase then, I would have described it uh, uh, the bold Andy Ritchie Morton legend Andy Ritchie another maverick and talented talented player a a Decanio-esque type you know just Mm. had to leave Celtic to flourish but another one of those players that you think what would he have really been like in a Celtic jersey and you know you can only you can only wonder I remember speaking to sorry Laura just on Andy Ritchie on your goal call I remember speaking to Ali Begg earlier on in the year and they were talking about Andy Ritchie and they were saying that when he was working for Manchester United they would speak to Alex Ferguson about his time at Aberdeen and they said every time they went down to Greenock it was always, right, no matter what, watch Andy Ritchie, keep an eye on him, keep an eye, don't let him do anything. One minute into the game, Andy Ritchie plays a long ball up front and it's 1-0 Morton. And he's like, what did I just tell you for the last three hours? The whole bus journey for Aberdeen to Greenock, keep an eye on Ritchie, keep an eye on him. Undone the first couple of minutes. That was a kind of genius that we never got to see play for Celtic. That Ferguson mm. team couldn't beat Morton. See that brilliant Alex Ferguson team? They struggled against Morton. You know how you have bogey teams? Morton, mm-hmm. Morton was Aberdeen's team at that time and it was all down to Andy Ritchie. We always turned it on, <laughs> Sir Alex. And so uh, there's all all these uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda stories in football, and that, that's another interesting one. Just before we move on to the modern day thing, Tony Colin raised a, an interesting point there about you know comparing eras and stuff like that. The thing that always surprises me when I look back is we think of the Martin O'Neill era and the Vim Jansen era as as very much separate to that Tommy Burns era. And I was looking back the other day and there was obviously the picture of Henry Larson in the famous Bumblebee strip. You forget that, you know, Van Hoydonk, the Canyon, uh, Tom, Tom even played with Henry Larson at Celtic for a period. You forget how close those two periods were and how quickly things can change in a club from one season to the next. Oh, without a doubt, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you look at that kind of two, two year spell players that came in, as Colin touched upon there. Imagine you had them all at the same time. I know it is mm. a could have should have but you know your scouting was top notch back then. Mm. Imagine being able to keep them. Imagine that team imagine Tommy Burns' team in the Champions League. You'd have seen a lot of five fours and a lot of four threes, you've interested. <laughs> you know, but mm. goodness you would have been entertained. Absolutely entertained and you would have enjoyed the ride. And I, and I think players of that calibre deserved one to win the title and to play in the Champions League group stages. You know, they, they deserved it. They just fell short because, remember, Celtic were rebuilding and they just, uh, you know, and Rangers had Gascoigne and Loudrop who were mm. Celtic's, you know, three amigos equivalent. You know, those players lift your club out of the ordinary, give you something special. And that's why they're so fondly remembered, because you, you, you forget that they were up against a phenomenal Rangers team. You know, yeah. so, and, you know, and they, they just came in, they, I wouldn't say they were thrown together, but they were kind of like, go on, express yourselves. And, you know, you look at the, you know, a lot of people have mentioned the, the, the whole, the withdrawing or the withholding of the registration, you know, 
think it dragged on for a couple of months. I think Celtic drew 11 games that season. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but it was around about that. And in those mm-hmm. couple of months, they would have played league games that they could possibly have turned one point into three. Again, it's ifs and buts and mm-hmm. these things happen, but you have to say that it, it, it could have made a difference. You know, it could have made a mm-hmm. big difference and it could have been a big difference to Celtic moving forward. But then people say if that team had stayed together, he would never have got Larson. So what, what do you do, you know? But these, I think, you kind of look back and you look back in both eras fondly. Mm. Burns, uh, Janssen's era, and then Martin O'Neill's era is just something completely different altogether because Celtic were going toe-to-toe with real heavyweights and culminating in Seville. So that took you to another level with the right recruitment and the right players, you know. So, but those uh, the Tommy Burns era and the Janssen era that that they're special for for all sorts of reasons. But most of those reasons are like the likes of Cadet Van Hoy, Duncan Canio, and Larson. Mm. Football is just so full of those sliding doors moments. I think we would. I think we would keep things the way they are as far as the three amigos were concerned. If it guaranteed as Larson every time, but uh, who knows the way things turn out? John McFarlane on YouTube and thanks everybody for commenting on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter where we are live. Says Tommy Burns' team and the Martin O'Neill team of two thousand and two, two thousand and three were the two best squads not to win the league, um, and I. I couldn't disagree with that to be honest but uh, uh, there's one thing that we we wish if we can't win trophies then at least uh, being entertained as Celtic supporters is something that we enjoy uh, speaking of which we will move on to more current news uh, we've had two new signings announced today or, or within the past few days I should say uh, Liel Abada the Israeli uh, internationalist he is he's had a cap for Israel um, coming to us from from his homeland uh, he signed for us a couple of days ago and he was followed by a somewhat surprise announcement this morning um, of a brand new um Japanese forward called Kyogo Furuhashi. Um, I'm stumbling on that that name all the time, but we'll we'll get there. I'll just call him Kyogo for now. Um, As everybody knows, if you've seen my Twitter this morning, I've already been making up songs about him, but no, I am not going to sing it today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Giza song. No, no studio, Riley. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not, not until at least I've got a couple of Magners in me anyway. Um, but Colin, I'll come to you first. We'll talk about Kyogo before we go back to Liel Abada. Um, before we talk about either of them as a player, I have to say I was pr- particularly encouraged by um, the fact that Kyogo was signed by us um, for two reasons. It was kept under the radar and, and seemed to be done and dusted pretty quickly. And also... It's absolutely unmistakably an Ange Postecoglou signing of that. There can be no arguing. Um, what were your thoughts when you when you heard the news this morning? It really caught me um, off guard. Um, it got announced by his team at 3am UK time, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So unless you're an early bird or a, a late night partier, then there's no chance you've seen that until you woke up this morning. But it moved at a very quick pace. I mean... It was about 3am and then it was picked up in the morning papers and then by half eight, that was it. It was um, Mm -hmm. done and over the line. It is a... I mean, we always go on about, well, Celtic, you're linked with this player and we've agreed a deal. Let's get the job done. 
this was done in record time for Celtic. I mean, we're still looking at trying to get the Starfield deal over the line because uh, the mission to Moscow for his medical seems to take forever. Um, yeah. But no, it was great. It's exciting. Um, what I've seen of the clips of him, I know YouTube clips can be very deceiving. I mean, we even managed to make Amido Baldi look good in YouTube clips, but... Uh, <laughs> It does. It looks exciting. It looks as if it's the kind of style that um, Ange has been going on about that he wants to play. Um, and we were speaking about this on the Wednesday bulletin the other day. We are saying the one player that would have really fit into Ange's style now we previously had is probably someone like Scott Sinclair. And looking at the mm-hmm. clips that you see of him, that's the kind of style of football that uh, Kyogo seems to be. He seems to be someone who's on the left-hand side but wants to cut in to get the shot away. Very good with both feet. So if he's as good as what Sinclair was in his first season at Celtic, we've got an absolute gem. Yeah, it sounds like it. Certainly a lot of positive feedback coming from from Dan, our friend over at the Japan Times, says he's a quality player. A lot of the statistical um, accounts on, on Twitter uh, regarding statistical analysis for Celtic are, are saying that he looks an exciting player. Um, Tony, I'll come to you in a second, but just to read out a quote from Ange Postecoglou at the announcement of the signing, he says, we are delighted to bring Kyogo uh, Funahashi to Celtic. He's a player of real quality and clearly someone I know well. I think he will add something uh, something special to our squad and I'm sure uh, the way he plays will excite our supporters. We look forward to welcoming to Celtic. Tony, we've been been banging on so much uh, over the past wee while. Uh, We banged on about it with, with Neil Lennon and with any manager that we've had. The bare minimum we expect from our board is to back their man. If you're going to appoint somebody like Ange Postacoglu, you have to give him the resources and you have to give him the support to do the job. This is a massive indication that that, that, that looks like what we're going to do going forward, does it not? The one pleasing thing for every Celtic supporter all this morning was the hand of Ange is all over this transfer. Mm. Bang, the job's done, right? This is a guy you wanted, this is a guy I want. Get this deal done for me. And he's been brought in, and I love his name, Yogo Furuhashi. Don't know if he's a Japanese legend, but he sounds like one, doesn't he? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> 14 goals in 20 games in the J League, decent. And he Esther rates him highly. Says he's, and there's a, I was reading that there was a Soccer King, I think it's because a website uh, over in the Far East have said he's the next big name to watch in the Jap- Japan national team. So, they all can't mm-hmm. be wrong, right? Now, this is what we wanted. We wanted. Players that the manager knows, right? Persons of interest, as I call them, that the manager knows, but bringing their expertise. And the manager has come in and said, right, I need players in the wide positions and defensive positions, right? Which is a good sign already. He knows where the, he knows where the gaps are in the team and he's trying to plug them, right? So, and he's 26. This guy's entering the prime of his career. Four-year deal, but a commitment and £5 million layout. He's going straight into the team. Might even be getting, we used the, the seven, the number seven jersey in the mm-hmm. last jersey. So that's a, a big step, you know, and big shoes to fill. But I've been looking at him and the comparisons will come thick and fast. But he, someone's, uh, I, I read that he's a more mobile Shinsuke Nakamura. And Nakamura mm-hmm. made a real impact when he came to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if Kyogo, she can make a similar impact, then Celtic will have won a watch here. You know, and I, I'm not, I don't like comparisons and stuff like that, and I hate putting pressure on guys, but, you know, he's coming in and he's coming in to play. He's the manager mm. trusts him. 
and uh, you know out wide. You know he's he got a decent scoring record as well. So you know I I'm really enthused by it, and I'm really positive about it. And I'm also happy about the way Celtic conducted their business in this one. And mm. this is the first sign for me that the Ange revolution is kicking in because he's stamping his authority on this team now. He's bringing in players that he wants. And as you alluded to there, he seems to be getting the backing. You know, I, I wrote a colour piece the other day after the players get injured and they looked a bit threadbare. And, and I meant to end with the payoff line, ground control to Major Dom. But uh, <laughs> I scattered it with Bowie references, right? So, but he's clearly had a word with Dom and things are happening now because they are, you know, obviously still waiting for Starfield and Abada's in the door as well. So things are moving in the right direction, I think, for Celtic supporters. Yeah, Laura, see the, the thing is, that's the last two signings, you're close to £9 million having been spent. It does suggest that there's money there to spend, or do you think that's more the case of it looks if the Chris Iyer deal's done, so we're already starting to spend that money? Well, I mean, the Chris Iyer deal's something we'll certainly come to, to talk about later in the show, but I, I think we, we have to remember as well that, you know, Frimpong went for how much money back in January? Was it, I can't even 11 million, exactly. roughly. Yeah. 11 um, million. So, you know, there was that money sitting there as well to spend. Um, you would imagine that, like, Scott Brown being off the wage bill has freed up quite a bit of money in terms of wages. Um, so, you know, there has to have been money there to spend unless we were really, you know, wasting an awful lot of that. That, that said, you know, there's a ca- the caveat of COVID and, and the hit that the club's finances all have taken in that regard. Some of it might have been used for that. But, yeah, I can't complain about it. Um, but just before we go on to talk about something else, um, Paul McCardle on YouTube says, thank you so much for having the show every day. Um, I, I love the trip down memory lane and we'll never forget Cadet's first uh, 15 seconds on the pitch and the goal that he scored. Tommy and Billy Stark deserve much credit. So, yeah, thanks to everybody for watching. We we tried with this feature uh, with the guests to sell to offer a little bit, especially over the summer when sometimes news is a bit slower to just take that wee trip down memory lane and look back as much as look forward because because it's as much a part of being a football fan as 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 concentrating in the here and now. Um, I for one love a bit of nostalgia, so so it's glad I'm glad to see other people are enjoying it. Um, Colin, I'll come to you on our other new signing, Leal Abada. Um, now. He's a 19-year-old. He's made over 60 appearances for his his, his club in, in Israel before joining. Um, the question remains, given his age, but contrasting that with the number of appearances he's made, what do you think are the chances that he can have like an immediate impact on the squad when he comes in? Yeah, that's a difficult one. Um, I think when you look at it... Oh. Is there some break, some this is some breaking transfer news coming in? There we go. Tony will come back to you in a oh, second. Oh, Tony will come back to you. <laughs> That'll so, be Ange to- giving him the breaking news. That, that's that's the new signing. Who do we want it to be? Leave your comments and who is Tony about to confirm is just about to sign for Celtic? Um, <laughs> let, let's go back to Abada though. Um, yeah. Look, it's obviously very difficult for someone that young to. M- basically up sticks and move um, thousands of miles away from his homeland. But it does show a confidence that he believes in himself that he can do that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like that aspect of it. What I've seen in clips as well looks very impressive and it does look though um, 
is so again, this is an Ange signing. Ange knows what he wants to get out of him, mm. which kind of puts the back burner on this whole. And I've seen it said a couple of times. Um, he's the next Fed. He's the next Fed. And it's like, well, no, because at the time, I don't think when Sved signed for Celtic that necessarily he was someone that we were looking at. It was more a sort of project, whereas this seems like it's what Ange wants to bring into the team. Um, so, mm. yeah, I, I think that's that's great. The only thing is I'd be even more confident if he wasn't a doo-doo Dahan signing. Um, right. I can't believe we've pulled the trigger on the doo-doo button already. So, uh, Tony, who was signing? Unfortunately, it's not a sign. And I, I can't think of the agent Dudu Dahan without thinking of, I'm going to go Celtic Danny again, the police song, I do, 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 a da, ha, han. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every time I heard these names as a journalist, I'm a journalist, but that's all I used to sing in my, in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are, you know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure about... Uh, and I think still, even though he's young, I still think he's got a contribution to make. He's been mm. brought in for that reason. You know, I, I don't think age is a barrier to Ange Postacoglu if he thinks he can do a job. And mm-hmm. again, his aim is to play with two wide men, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Abada on one side, you know, Gurahashi on, on the other side, you know, so, mm. so buying, you know, a jetty or whoever it may be. So that's that's the kind of way he likes to go. So I'm not, I won't be surprised if he starts with, with the two of them if they're available mm. to play against Switzerland because I, th- I think he if he doesn't get Starfelt in, he'll want to keep the ball up there. <laughs> yeah. so he'll be getting fast wide guys that can take the ball a walk and create. You know, if, well, that's if that, a that's a famous famous Cruyffian quote, isn't it? If you keep the ball further away from the opposition's goal, they can't score. You know, um, so what well, was the Jockstein one as well? The best form of defence is attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bill well, Shankly's, if you're stuck for options, just stick it in the net, and we'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think if you go with Croystein and Shankly, you're not going far wrong. But uh, Tony, I'll come to you on on, on Abada again. Just just mentioning that, There's, I've seen a bit of discussion online about exactly what role he will play in the team. He was labelled as a midfielder in the announcements from Celtic, but I've seen uh, suggestions that he's a wide player. Suggestions that he even played in a for a much more forward role for for his club in Israel. My understanding is he's more of a, a sort of wide forward than a kind of James Forrest or, or Ryan Christie mould. Is that is that your understanding of how he plays? I think he can play both. I think he can play wide and he can play through the middle. So, so mm. he's a winger, come striker, you know, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Mm. You, know, uh, uh, you know, I think if, if you're versatile that way then and you're a front man for Celtic, then that's good because we don't mm. have a plethora of them and we need all sorts of options. So I'm quite happy that uh, he can do both. Let's hope he can perform in both. And, you know, yeah. I, I think the more options you have in any team selection, you know, and if he's a good player, good players are good players, right? And I'm of the opinion, you can't get enough good players in your football team. Mm. If yeah. you've got good players in your football team, you will be a good team. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> you know, that's my thinking about football sometimes pretty... No tunnel visions, you know. So there's only one signing policy: sign good players. Who's <laughs> yeah. when you don't sign good players? So you trust the manager that he knows these players and he's signing them because they're good and they mm. will mm-hmm. 
we will be able to make an impact in that Celtic team because Celtic last season weren't a good team. So these guys coming in will improve it and make the impact, the desired impact and effect that the manager wants. That's why they're here. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a player at all, coming into that Celtic team, you will know if you've got faith in your own ability that you can improve that team. You will grab that starting jersey and you will run with it. You know, there'll be no bedding in process. You just walk into that team and you exude an air of confidence and say, right, I can do this. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let me, let Mm -hmm. me do it. That's the way I would approach it. I would say so. Um, I think uh, you, you raise a good point there as well that, you know, we've got two forward players uh, coming in and, and giving his options and you can never have too many good players in the squad. Um, Colin, it made me think, having watched the, the the pre-season games, you know, a lot of people were crying out for defenders and, and I'm not by any means saying that we don't that we don't need those. We certainly do, but mm-hmm. um I think I think there's enough options there with some of the younger players that are coming through. You've got Hielda, you've got Montgomery, you've got um you've got uh uh, is it Murray as well, Dan? Yeah, Dan Murray. Murray, yeah. You know, there are some options there that although they're not experienced players, you, you, you can maybe rely on those more, whereas I don't think we did have the options coming through from the younger teams in the forward positions and maybe signings in the for- forward positions were more vital. Yeah, um, I, I don't disagree with you there. I think when you look at the performances after we came back from Dubai, certainly, um, when you looked at the sort of forward three that we had there, you're looking at Karamoko, um, Armstrong Okoflex, and I can't remember who else was there. Cameron Harper, who left to go to New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. We were okay defensively, but we didn't create a lot going forward. Um and I mean, Okoflex missed the, the kind of tap in at the back post and there was signs like that. But what I said at the time was the way that the reserves played was a sort of 4-3-3, the style that Ange is trying to bring in. And it's mm-hmm. that you had the three up front, but they were very interchangeable. So it wasn't necessarily that Karamoko started. So he was the right winger and he was the right winger for the whole game. He would switch and you'd go into the middle or he would go left and he would they would all kind of interlink. And I think that's the way that Postacoglu wants to play. 
when you're looking at these guys that he's signing, if Abada and Kyogo are guys that come in, I don't necessarily see them being just wide players. I see them that they're going to try and cut in. They're going to try and be the second striker. And it might not necessarily be that you've got an Edward who's the guy that you always played the ball up to and everything came off him. It could be three mm-hmm. forwards that are very interchangeable and you're expecting goals from all three of them. You're not just mm-hmm. expecting the wide players to put the ball into whoever is your number nine up there. The, the three of them are number nines. It's just that they can play right across that whole forward line. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, I think that flexibility and the ability to to mix and match those players is something that you saw, particularly with the England team at, at Euro 2020. Although they had Kane through the middle, you had... Sancho, Rashford, um, Sterling, who could all interchange and, and mix and match left or right. And it, it sometimes left uh, opposition teams guessing as to whether uh, what p- formation we would they would play and, and what, what way we would line up. It was nothing to do with what order they were on the team sheet and the, on Twitter announcements anyway. Um, but um, before, I, before I come to Tony about some of the other news, um, Colin, just because you don't usually appear on a Friday, We've we've spoke last week about it with Tony and Jim about a Yeti and where we're still on the forwards. What have your opinions been on his performances during the preseason, and and do you think he's got a future at the club? Um, you know, we talked about a second opportunity for him with with Jim and Tony last week. Do you think that's something he's going to take a hold of, and do you think that's something that we can build on? I think you've got to hope that he does and the early signs are that that is what he's trying to do um, a, a big criticism that he got last year was he didn't look fit he looked as if he was very sluggish he wasn't that interested but certainly in the two games and I know you can't take everything off pre-season but so far he has looked as if he's got himself into shape he's certainly chasing the ball down, he's he's playing the way that Postacoglu wants his forwards to play, they've got that high press and necess- I mean, so far so good, I mean two goals in three games if you get the service to him, I think he knows where the back of the net is and that was mm-hmm. our biggest problem last year was we didn't create chances we were expecting Edward to drop into midfield, to play a 1-2 with Turnbull or with McGregor and then have to maybe take the ball 10-15 yards before putting it in the net. A Yeti mm-hmm. someone who doesn't want to move out the 18-yard box. You get that ball to him, he'll stick it in the back of the net. And that's where his two goals have came from so far. So if that is means that bringing in guys like Abada and, and Kyogo are going to get that service to him, I think he could be somebody that gets 20 goals this season. Here's hoping, and with David Turnbull providing um, <laughs> providing chances, that that will work out as well. So, um, Ryan Kelly on YouTube says, seen a glimpse of Abada the other day, and he looks promising. Um, but uh, that's enough about the forward line. I'm getting myself all excited just thinking about it, and I'm seeing five, six, and seven goals. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, he loves scoring more than the opposition, um, Ange Postacoglu, and if you score five, we'll score six. Who knows? That might be what happens going forward. I um, mean, we're going to need to change the lyrics to Vindaloo. We're going to well, score one more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I'm sure you can work on that. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that song as it goes, but anyway. Tony, I'll come to you on your favourite player. I'm sure you'll be sad to see him go, Christopher Eyer. Um, looks as if it's all but confirmed that he's going to Brentford. We were having a wee discussion before we came on, on, on the show this morning, on live this morning. It's a bit of a, I, I hold no ill will towards Christopher Iyer going and, and plying his trade elsewhere and, and he's given us five years of, of good service. 
it is an indication though of the modern game, isn't it? And 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 what what Celtic's position is in that modern game, the fact that he would consider Brentford a, a viable option for him. I I mean I I don't bear I or any ill will either. I just have my thoughts on him as a footballer and I don't think he's an accomplished in the finished article. I think there's a lot of deficiencies in his game. But you're only worth how much someone is willing to pay for you. Yeah. Brentford came in at 12. Celtic said no because they thought with 12 or 3 add-ons. Celtic said no. <laughs> so quite rightly they've said no because they've come back in and offered 13.5 million quid. And <laughs> I'm all the opinion if you're playing in Scottish football and you're commanding those type of fees for your players, you should be wearing a striped suit and a swag bag. I mean, you really should. Celtic's <laughs> model has been that if you're going to come up, riding up from down south, we'll, we'll get round the table at 10 and we'll go up the way. And it's a fantastic model. The problem is, it just means you're letting your best players go. You know, and, and Russell's a, an advocate of this. He doesn't like the whole stepping stone FC about Celtic. You know, mm-hmm. that players it as a shot window and a short circuit to England. And we get that too. But see if they've been a Champions League competitive club in the last decade and being in the mm. group stages on a continual basis, then you'd be able to ward off Brentford because you'd be able to say to them, well, you're in the Champions League group stages every year with Celtic. You're winning things. You're happy. You know, but they haven't been. And I'm not saying Chris Ayers change, changing Celtic and going to Brentford to play Champions League football, he's going to a bigger stage, regardless of what you think about it. Mm-hmm. He's going to a bigger stage, and he's going to earn maybe a lot more money, maybe not much more. You know, we don't know what the wages are at Brentford, but he's in a short window where your career, if you look at Van Dyke for an example, can go stratospheric. So mm. do you blame him? He's what he's done everything he can at Celtic. You know, he'll be remembered for a wonderful winning goal at Petodre and slamming the ball home from 12 yards for the treble. Will he be remembered as a legend or a great player? I don't think so. A solid individual. But as I alluded to there, I still think he's got many deficiencies in his game. But if he can get down there in whatever position he plays, whether it be centre-back or centre-mid or wherever, if he can have a good 18, 24 months... You know, sky's the limit for guys like that. You know, and again, you you can move your career on pretty fast. So, as I say, I don't wish him any ill will. I have my feelings about him. I don't think he's the real deal or the finished article. But thanks for playing. And mm. go with our blessing. And the money that Celtic have recouped for him is sensational, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. So, can't argue with that. No, I don't think you can. Somebody was saying, uh, if you look at the, the vague um, figures that are uh, being banded about, both in terms of what we paid for them, which I believe is around £250,000, and what we're selling them for, which is about 13 and a half with add-ons, you're talking about 28 times yeah. profit on, on what, what you bought them for, which for a five-year spell at the club, I think is, is unarguable. Um, before before I come to Colin, I was I was giggling when uh, when Tony started talking, not because of what Tony was saying, but uh, Kieran in the comments asking if I use a coconut-based shampoo because he could, my hair was so shiny I could mop the floor with it. Um, Kieran, thanks for that. 
<laughs> I don't really know what to say other than uh, cheers, pal. Um, but surely, surely your next line is L'Oreal because you're worth it, right? Well, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the compliment anyway. But um, Colin, uh, yeah, geez, oh, I've forgotten where I was even. No, Iyer, Christopher Iyer. Um, How's Christopher Ayers here, Kian? You can let us know about that. Aye, well, it's nothing on. It's nothing on uh, Bauer. He was my favourite as far as hairdos go for Celtic players in recent years. And the man George Cadet. What a head of curls he had on him, by the way. Um, but anyway, Christopher Ayer, Colin. He, you know, Tony has had a hard time from some people watching this pod, even though I do personally agree with him. I don't think Christopher Ayer's a particularly good defender. I don't think he's much to write home about. I tweeted last night that I don't personally see his career um, taking the trajectory of a, a Virgil van Dijk because I don't think he's half the player Virgil was even mm. at the time he left Celtic or or obviously what he is now. Um, I think though that he does probably have a favourite place in Celtic supporters' hearts because regardless of his ability, you can't really deny that he's you know he's tried and he's he's conducted himself with about as much as professionalism. You know, there's a lot of other players that have been accused of downing tools and spitting the dummy and whatever other phrase you want to use, but he he isn't one of them. I wouldn't say. No, um, and last season was the um, it was the kind of epitome of what you were just saying. When you look at it, he was someone who we believe he was one of the ones that wanted to leave after the Fenwick Faros game. Um, you kind of we've seen the reports saying that, that he was one of the ones, but I think consistently last season he was one of Celtic's best performers, um, and that might not say a lot considering how the season went with Celtic and some of the performances that we did have. But he was the sort of standout amongst that, and I agree with with Tony to an extent. I think he's someone who has never really fully developed into that position. And it's something that he's had to grown into because he didn't come through the youth systems as a centre-back. He started as a striker and he's worked his way back in to the park. I mean, he might end up in goal at Brentford, who knows? But he's someone who didn't look overly comfortable at first at centre-back. He looked more comfortable at right-back for me. Um, And there's been times where he kind of threw himself into tackles and you're going, you don't need to do that, just stand up, let the player come at you. Um, he gave away a couple of silly fouls in that sense as well. I think he gave away a, a, a penalty or two like that um, as well. So he's, he's going to have to learn because those mistakes he'll not get away with in the Premier League. Um, and Brentford are a team who, I watched them in the Championship last year and if it wasn't for Ivan Tony, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in. Um, if if he had, so, oh, no, I can't I can't mention that name. Sorry, um, but if he didn't score that amount of goals, they wouldn't have been pushing for promotion. So all it's going to take is for someone like him to get injured or for him not to have a good season. And who do they rely on to back him up? And if mm. Brentford are going to probably face attack after attack after attack next season, and they're turning to to Ayer. Uh, I know they've got Potus Janssen in there as well, but they're going to turn to Ayer as what is their record signing at £13.5 million to be the guy that sort of keeps them up to an extent. It's not going to be that they're pushing for Europe. They're not going to be pushing for the top half. They want to stay up. And if they go back down, does that mean that Ayer only has one season at Brentford? Because you know he's not left Celtic to go to the Championship. Mm Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's a it's a difficult one. I, I I tend to agree with Tony that his his trajectory is is to use it as a stepping stone and to to hopefully have a trajectory um that that takes him beyond Brentford and towards the top end of the Premier League. And I think I speak for for us on here and, and everybody at Axon when I say uh, best of luck to him. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the memories and thanks for thanks for everything that you've given us over the past few years. Uh, Scoring that penalty that secured the quadruple treble for us will probably be the standout moment for as far as memories go. But uh, as as Jim says, and in honour of Jim who isn't with us today, we move on. We move on. So, um, <laughs> Tony, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, I, I haven't managed to get your thoughts before now about uh, the, the the game against Bristol City the other night. I was covering it for Axom. Um, we had uh, young Ben Mead on the show, uh, a really talented young man who's who's putting out a lot of fantastic content. And again, uh, if Ben, if you're watching, thanks very much for having having Axel on your show the other night and for coming on to to do the match coverage with us. But Tony, wh- what did you think of of the the game? There was there was promising parts to it, wasn't there? Even though a lot of it was, as as my granddad would have said, a lot of dross uh, in between. <laughs> Spare a thought for me. I had to write a thousand word colour piece on it, you know. And oh, ouch! I <laughs> the colours dross and drab and grey. It was a bit. Uh... It's the marketers' report this week. Patrizia Spagnoletto, global chief marketing officer, direct consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A bit difficult, but we got there in the end. Uh, I, You know, I, I did man by man, and Callum McGregor just makes that team tick. Right? Mm-hmm. He noticed mm-hmm. on the team, but when he came back, I, I thought his passing was crisp and sharp, and it was to a Celtic player at all times. He's a tidy, tidy footballer, right? An ally to Turnbull. I think the two of them are getting a you know a wee understanding, a development, and understanding. I like that. I like the look of Sorrow till they get cropped, you know, and I hope the hamstring tweak isn't too serious. But I'm liking that midfield, but I'd maybe like an enforcer there. Mm-hmm. Like a big enforcer, you know, just Ayers height, but can maybe likes a challenger six, you know, so just <laughs> protect those three because I think the I think they're talented, talented guys, but uh, you know they might lose a lot of fifty fifties because it's just no their kind of game. They're off and tumble of it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what from what I'm watching, you know. But Taylor got into a lot of good positions. But final ball was maybe lacking a bit, bit Frimpong-esque. You know, took up some handy and great positions wide, wide left and linked well with McGregor. But final ball and then Ralston's final ball was non-existent. Another who galloped down the right, but 
couldn't provide a crossworthy of the name. You know, so there was various things that you were noticing, but you can certainly see the way he wants to play, get it down the channels and, you know, create that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the, the injuries was a concern, you know, with goalkeepers getting injured in warm-ups and stuff, seeing pictures of your fingers strapped, you know, I, that's not a good look, you know. And and I have to say that the tackle for a friendly on Karamoko Dembele was bothering on a shocker. Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. just like, behave yourself, you know? So he, he was unlucky. Mikey Johnson, again, I have my thoughts on Johnson. I don't know if you've cut it as a player. and You know, he's been pretty unlucky with injuries, but it just seems every time he, he might be getting something from Mikey, he breaks down again, gets injured or, or whatever, you know? So mm-hmm. is he going to be the most reliable moving forward? I don't know. You know, jury out on that one. You know, so in, in at the back, I, I like Welsh. I like mm-hmm. Welsh starting to look like he, he kind of knows what he's doing, you know, and would benefit from maybe having a Starfelt or a Julian alongside him, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. talk about things. But he's comfortable and he's a tidy enough footballer, you know, but we still need that. He still needs central defenders. Mm-hmm. No one, not two, in my opinion. You know, I never read too much into pre-season results I look at attitude I look at the attitude of players you know mm-hmm. Liam coming on for sorrow doing exactly what it says in the tin you know just solid type you know so Urigidi um, my personal jury's out in Urigidi I, I think he can be robust but I think he lacks positional awareness positional yeah. sense of things get caught out so that I think I mean I, I think covered most players there but you know that, that's from what I'm seeing you know, off the top of my head for a nil-nil game, which yeah, obviously the result doesn't care, but you'd still like to have seen them win and put in a, a, a very good performance, you know, but that, that, of the three games, that was, that's been the worst so far, but there were still po- positive enough signs, and if he thinks that the players he's bringing in can give them a bit more zip, which I think is the idea, then I'm all for it. And Laura, that's exactly how Tony managed to get a thousand words out of that nil-nil draw. <laughs> I was going to say, a masterclass as far as that's concerned, he did, he did not bad. But it was um, a type thing, you know, he did it. <laughs> a bit more creative, you know. Um, but no, Jim Hannaway on YouTube, thanks for commenting, uh, agrees with Tony. Correct, Tony, well shows maturity and calmness. This is his year. Um with Urigidi coming in, with Julian coming back, uh, with Starfelt potentially coming in, Colin, I personally would like to see Welsh given a decent run in the team. I think he's earned it and I think he is showing signs, as Tony says, of maturing into you know, a solid defender. What, what do you think are his chances uh, of doing that? And do you think it's just a case of if we want to be successful, having four centre-backs like that is the sensible thing anyway? I think having four centre-backs is a a necessary thing if you're going to be pushing. I mean, you take a look at the the kind of way that we ended up last season. We only really had three that we could turn to and Welsh sort of established themselves in as number four. But then Mm -hmm. as the season went on, we really only had two because of injuries. If you've got that injury crisis, you don't really want to have to turn to... um, Welsh playing alongside maybe an Urigidi because there's absolutely no experience in there. So if Starfield comes in, that's sort of, you want him to come in as a first choice for the amount of money that you're spending on him. And then Julian, when he's fit again, I think would be first choice. 
Welsh, I think, has the ability to push them to, but I wouldn't necessarily see him as a starter. I think so far we've seen the best of Stephen Welsh, but I think there's still a lot that he needs to work on. And at that point, I don't want my centre-half still to be learning on the job. I want him mm. to get the game time, but I want him to get it periodically. I don't want to be kind of getting into maybe a game against um, like the, the Champions League game ne- necessarily here. It's a, we'd say it is a weakness that we're going in there with Stephen Welsh at centre-half alongside potentially who... I mean, Ayers away, is it going to be Beaton? Is it going to be Uruguide? Who's who's actually going to be in there? It's not something that you're necessarily comfortable with. So I'd like to see his sign Starfelt and I'd like to see his bring in another experienced head, whether that's a loan deal, which would allow Welsh to sort of continue his development um, and then we can look next summer and make that decision. Um, at least as long as you've got the four, you're covered for injuries and you know that the person that you're turning to has that experience and you can rely upon them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Uregidi's another one of these project players that we may actually see either play for the Colts team or go out on loan. Uh, that's a that's a good way to segue just into the um, last talking point I was going to make today. Tony, um, we've gone over it before, but... Uh, it's obviously been announced there's now a new Twitter account if anybody wants to follow the Celtic Colts team you can do on Twitter I can't exactly remember the handle as I'm sitting here but um, Celtic announced it this morning um, they'll be playing against Bonnie Rig Rose this weekend uh, and starting what is at this stage an experimental voyage into the the lowland leagues and uh, trying to provide an opportunity for some of the younger players to um, to sort of establish themselves playing against a regular opposition what are your thoughts now that it's actually here now that it's happening on the coach team do you think it can you see it being a success or a, a support either for Celtic going forward or for the Scottish football in general I think it has to be looked upon as both but let's not kidding myself I say that at the time that this was done for the benefit of two clubs that Celtic Rangers isn't it because they're the only ones that can afford that so they're mm-hmm. going to reap the benefits of it Mostly, you know, and the coach uh, playing competitive football, you know, get them, as Jim says, battle hardened, you know, to, to that kind of, you know, element of competition where, you know, younger Celtic teams just aren't facing it at the, at the minute, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it just depends who, who's going to play in the coach team and what's expected of them, you know. But I, I look at the likes of Luke O'Connell going to Queen's Park and thriving, but I always thought that he should have thrived anyway at that level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because so, these guys have got ability and they should be a standout at that level. But it's attitude. I always go back to your attitude to playing for the coach. You know, if you're playing for the coach, you, your attitude should be that you want to break into that first team. So show us what you've got at that level. Burst a gut and make yourself aware to the manager and the management team that they turn around and say, do you know what, we've got a guy in a coach team who deserves to be pushing into squads, you know, and, and that's what you're after. You know, and that's what every every coach player, Celtic coach player should strive towards. You know, mm-hmm. bust, you know, give it all because your next step is getting on the bench, you know, in the first team. And then the step after that's graduating into the first team. So mm-hmm. what shows what you're at this is a it's a huge chance, it's a huge opportunity and it's you know, and it's a, it's something new for Scottish football as well. So let's embrace it. 
you know, and, and see where we go with it. And, you know, I, I don't have a massive downer on it per se. I just want to see where we go with it and how it all kind of, how it all kind of manifests, you know, and see, what, see how the season progresses. But I think if you're trying and experimenting with new things like coach teams in the league, then it can only be a good thing for the game, surely. I would tend to agree with that and I think uh, any um, reticence people would have about it was I think it was Rangers tweeted that their their opening Colts game is sold out so you know there, there will be financial benefits for the for the Lowland League clubs as well I'm sure um, Colin just to get your thoughts on it before we wrap things up uh, Tony raised an interesting point there about it being a potential um, sort of place for players to prove themselves and, and, and look to make the step up to the Celtic uh, full squad if you like um, do you see that being the the pathway for these players or do you see it more as being an opportunity for them to show themselves to other clubs and potentially you know boost the lower leagues in Scotland or, or do you think it is a pathway to the first team for these players? So luckily enough I was um, able to be on the, the pre-match press conference with Tommy McIntyre earlier for a Celtic State of Mind um, and the video will be up on the channel soon um, and that was what I actually put across to him I was asking him what the goals were for this season is it to win every game or is it to do the development and he's outright he says it's development he wants to develop the players although they want to win as many games as they can they know they're not going to win every game but if they can develop the next player to make that step up to the first team, that's what it's there to do. Um, I followed that up by asking him what his thoughts were on the fact that we don't have the reserve football and is this the future going forward? Should we be trying to introduce the Colts teams into the kind of lower leagues? And he says it's something that they're very much interested in. So mm-hmm. I know there, there was meant to be a vote the other day that didn't go ahead um, on whether the kind of B teams would be introduced into a new setup within the Scottish football pyramid system. But I, I can see this being extended. The idea of the Celtic and uh, Rangers Colts being in the Lowland League. I can I know it's only one year now, but I can see it being extended. And some of the rules for people just in case they're interested, I know we're wrapping up. But the goalkeeper doesn't have to be under twenty one. So that's mm-hmm. that's the rule. Um the players can move between the first team and the Colts teams which is something that we weren't sure of before. Um, And also, one that was quite interesting to me, and I don't know if you could pick someone out who might fall into this category, but if the assistant manager of the Colts is a registered player at the club, so say, for example, last year, would I say that would have been Scott Brown? Mm -hmm. He is eligible to play for the Colts. Right. So I don't know who would actually fit into that criteria at the club at the minute, but maybe someone who's going to be coming back from injury or someone that's looking to get into their coaching badges, if they become the assistant manager of the Colts, they're eligible to play for the Colts team. So it'll be an interesting one. And we do have some insight into the game on Saturday, knowing that uh, our own Amy Canavan and Sean uh, McGill, who are part of this channel here, will be doing the commentary for Bonnie Rigros at the weekend. So um, I'm sure they'll have a a vested interest in it and uh, they'll not be too biased knowing where their allegiances lie. 
It'll be an interesting one to, to watch anyway and to see what happens going forward. Exciting times, something new, something fresh to have a go at. And uh, I don't think for all that we um, we have to say about the, the failings of the Scottish game, trying something new and innovating is, is, is something that can only be praised. Um, unfortunately, we'll be ending things a little bit sharp today. Tony, Colin, I know you've got busy days ahead and I have the privilege of representing a Celtic State of Mind at today's press conference with new signing Leal Abada. So um, I'm off to prepare for that. Colin, Tony, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks everybody for your comments. As always, your engagement with us on the channel is much appreciated. If you haven't done so already, please get subscribing so that you can see our content coming out on the daily. We're already over 12,700 sub subscribers and growing every day. Thanks very much, everybody. And we will see you again this weekend for match coverage of our game against Preston. Goodbye. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.